The guru is live. Good morning, great Monday morning, at least in the Columbia River Gorge. The wind has died down this morning. We've got some rain, of course, going on. But while spring is on top of us, we've got a great topic for this morning, which is what can go wrong when the seller meets the buyer? Uh, can anything go wrong other than, like, everything can go wrong? <laughs> We're going to talk about what can go wrong when the seller meets the buyer. And most of this is going to be pre-sale. You know, it's, it's pre-contract. It can happen also during the contract time. So what can go wrong? Well, let me tell you, it's a bunch of things that can go wrong. By the way, good morning. I hope you're sipping your coffee as I am this morning and enjoying a Monday morning and you're on fire to build your business. That's my goal. Building your business every day to make 22 the biggest year it can ever be. I believe in you strongly. You wanted this career. You got licensed in this career. And now let's build the career. Okay, let me sip a cup of coffee. Don't forget, hit that like button on Facebook and YouTube. Hit the like button on YouTube. What you want to do is hit the subscribe button, which will make you part of the Guru Members Only events. It opens up all those free events to you. You can't see them unless you're a subscriber. You become part of the Guru Members Only events, and that will all open up to you. Follow us on social media. It is so meaningful. I love the comments. I get back to everybody, and the, and the thumbs up or the hearts and all that. Dearly, dearly, dearly love it. Okay, let's get into it. What can go wrong when the seller meets the buyer? Or, of course, the other way around. Well, how about when the seller says to the buyer, I don't know why I'm selling. I, I, I just don't know why I'm selling. I, I, I really don't want to sell the home. What is that saying to someone looking at making an offer? Or even if they're in the middle of the offer process and then they begin to realize that the seller is still in love with the home itself. This happens more than what you know. This happens quite regularly as sellers meet buyers. And it's either during the contract or they meet them as part of walking through the home and the sellers are still there. And the sellers start talking about how they are in love with the home. Well, all of a sudden... There is this guilt process that begins to pile up on the buyer as when they start thinking about making an offer, the buyer starts to think into this, well, they're really in love and they're kind of in a dispute. I wonder if the sale will actually ever go through. Will it ever actually happen? Because, well he's in love with the home and doesn't want to move and she wants to to leave the home and there's a dispute going on over there and i there's so much guilt on us right now that we don't know what to do about it this is part of the active conversation that starts in with the buyers because the sellers have declared something that really 
you know, maybe it shouldn't be talked about. So they really don't mean it. If they're just kind of what we call blurting. They're blurting. By the way, I'd love to hear from you in the comments. What kind of comments have you heard when your buyer goes and walks through a home? And they walk through the home and the sellers are there. And it, it, it could be the sellers themselves or their kids. It could be anybody. What has been said to them that has caused a disruption in the buying process? Put it in the comments. Let's talk about it. Would love to hear from you on maybe we call it your disaster stories because these it definitely end up many times being the disaster story that should not have ever been told at least to each other during that during that time because who knows what the reality of that is it, it's not a it's like the love letters it's not a to tell the truth time even though we would all love to think that everyone tells the truth all the time right it, it, this is always to tell the truth no we're not on the witness stand that's not what's going on here it's not a to tell the truth time. You don't know what kind of love or memories are going on. The, the, the buyer will interpret it for their own means. The seller is just reminiscing, raising their children there and how they don't want to move on. But in reality, maybe it's the best thing. But that's not revealed in that comment over to them. It's simply not revealed. Okay, so TMI. Too much information. That's really what happens so many times is there's just too much information being revealed by either side. They get together and there's too much information going being passed back and forth that actually is a private piece of information that should be between you and your buyer or you and your seller and not buyer to seller, at least at that time. Now, you'll hear all the time, oh, well, if we didn't have the agents involved, we'll carve this thing out so much faster. And the reality is it doesn't happen that way. The reality is it goes just the opposite. The reality is, it, in many cases, it's a train wreck because the emotions get in the way of at the actual transaction. You know, the hands across the table, handshake, making sure it's a fair, even equitable transaction going back and forth. Okay, let's talk about love. Now, I'm not talking love letters. Let's talk about love and the love that your buyer is going to have for the home. Now, we know at some point in time in the process, the buyer begins to transition into, I love this home. This is the one I love. This is the one I really want to happen. This often happens with first-time buyers or families. The whole love, con we're going to break this down, so hold on. In fact, let's have a sip of coffee while we're beginning to break this down. This we're, we're breaking down probably one of the largest problems of when sellers meet buyers. And 
the buyer goes in and they're thinking about making an offer and they want to take a second or a third look at the home before the offer, which is kind of crazy right now in our seller's market. Because in our seller's market, who has time to look a second, a third time? We know a lot of our buyers, they want to go back and they want to take a look again and they want to take other family members and take a look at it again and again and again. And we're, I mean, we're thinking to ourselves, we are on a ticking time bomb here. Do you not understand? This thing's going to sell in days. I was at one the other day and the seller said, we have several offers. We think it's going to sell within hours. Hours, they've only been hours since going live and we're going to, going to review them as they come in. Holy cow. Okay, I'm not sure what to do about that. So the love aspect for the buyer, they go back into the home and the sellers are there. And they're looking around and of course there's always comments being made. And they say to them, we love this home. We love it. In fact, our kids have already picked out their room that they want. We have three kids, it's a four bedroom house, and they've all already picked out their own room. They've pre-chosen the room that they want. And they're busy talking about how they're going to decorate the room. Now, an offer hasn't even been accepted yet. They've went back for maybe a second or a third look and they've met the buyers. And now they've had this conversation. What does what does the seller think about them? When I said, I should have said met the seller. So what does the seller think about? Well, first, they may think nothing is let it go. That's not most sellers. Most sellers are thinking of this. Uh, they're in love with my house. I hope they're planning to bid my house up because I want as much for my wonderful, loving house that I love as possible. And by the way, their children are already attached to particular bedrooms in the house. <laughs> For those of you who have children, throw in the comments, how hard is it once the children are attached to the home? How hard is it to change your kids to something else at that point? Maybe those who don't have kids, you may not be aware of this problem. Once kids choose something, the pressure they can put on the parent is huge because they talk about it all the time. It becomes in the incessant conversation in the car, at home, at bedtime, at breakfast. It's this constant thing. Oh, dad. Oh, mom. I, I love that room. And, and here's what I'm thinking about, about doing with the one. Well, I'm going to paint it. I'm going to put stars on it. My dolls are going to go in one corner of it. And the visions of the home start to become the family home. And you don't even have an accepted offer on the home yet. Problem? Oh, yeah. Huge, huge problem. Because now you're going to have the seller, when they get the offer in, if it's not high enough or what they think is respectable enough for the love that they have already been shown by the children, they're going to counter offer realizing your ability to negotiate has been partially halted because the family 
has buy-in. The family has buy-in. And that is going to make negotiations very difficult. If you're already in negotiation, if you're already in the process of negotiation, it's going to make renegotiating the terms of the contract for repair items or any kind of change. And you know, as a professional in the industry, you know how often this actually happens. It happens all the time. You have repairs. You have things that need to be done. The appraisal says there has to be something done to the house. But the buyer, you have a hook in their jaw through the children or through some other family means that they are sold on this house. And their hopes and dreams have already begun, began to be piled up for that particular home. And now with the fishing line hook in the jaw, that puts the lead position back over to the seller. Because, you know, as they say, loose lips sink ships. It becomes a problem of negotiation. Very much a problem of negotiation. It's difficult to negotiate once that kind of information has been leaked out. Now, let's talk about how negotiation gets leaked out. It gets leaked out through like social media. Of course, it can be leaked out right in front of them right there. But that's not always how it gets leaked out. There's other ways, and you may have heard of it by now. It's that, it's that nebulous thing out there. Oh, it's called social media, you know, the Internet. That's how information often gets leaked out. <laughs> oh, for goodness sakes. The ability to leak information on social media is absolutely incredible. Social media is the new ability to creep on somebody and find out the dirt. Now, you might say to yourself, well, yeah, yeah, but who's really looking at that? Well, let me tell you who's looking. Everybody you can think of is looking. It's the every, it, even if it's not you, it's everybody else you know. Everybody nowadays looks at some form of social media. Let me tell you, the old fashioned social media was going to the Grange. You went to the Grange and the gossip started at the Grange because that was the social media component we had. And then it was the newspaper or Grange and newspaper, and the newspaper column and the op-eds that were in there, all of that was absolutely the, the social media we have. So social media is not new to us. Social media, in fact, has been around forever. It's just in what form has it been around? So I don't want you to be beginning to think that social media is this brand new thing that never existed before. It, what you need to recognize is how easy it is to get information. So your kids can go to social media and post. We're so excited. We looked at one, I went with mom and dad last night to look at 123 Main Street and we loved it. 
And guess what? When you're at 123 Main Street, they said, what's your name, little girl? Oh, my, my name is Mary Sue. And how easy is it for them to go to social media and look at the posts about Mary Sue? It's so simple. You might say, oh, well, that wouldn't be right. Well, people do it no matter. Whether it's right or wrong, people do it no matter. And this is all about what happens when seller meets buyer. That process of seller meets buyer, it, there can be a confrontation problem also. Not only is it words and TMI, all that extra information baggage that comes along with this, it can be words. And the words can be hurtful. The words can cause fights. The word, what you're hoping for in this process, by the way, is you're ho hoping that the buyer and seller are waltzing along right down to the finish line, to the closing and recording, and everything is going to be beautiful. Instead, seller meets buyer and TMI happens. There's too much information. Information that doesn't matter. For example, the seller might say, you know, we've repainted the room and and we've sealed everything up. But years ago, my, my wife that has since deceased smoked in the house for 25 years. We've repainted it years ago. You can't tell now. But that's what happened here. And the, and the buyers are very against smoking. Or... Maybe a skunk got into the house and they had to treat the house years ago. And they repainted and you can't tell it now. But this is just an example of TMI. Too much information being shared that has nothing to do with the purchase of the home. Other than now there is a new interpretation of the feeling of what's happening in the home that's being purchased and it has tainted it for the buyer. Just like it could be tainted for the seller learning information about the buyer. The buyer could say, we are, so, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, we are so excited to buy your home because we're going to attend the church right down the street. Lo and behold, it's not their church. In fact, they don't even like that group of people down there. That group of people has is not someone they like to even associate with. And that taints the negotiation between the two parties. Or you, the buyer could say, right down the street is a friend, is a family friend, just three houses down. And the three houses down, the seller gets to thinking, aren't those the people that put those wild parties on down there? And how can we sell to these people? We, our, our neighbors we have here will think that we're horrible by selling to these people because they are just party animals. Well, none of that necessarily is true. But it begins to taint the negotiation of where you're going to be going and things you're going to be needing to be closing the deal to make this happen for everyone. And what could become 
the home of the buyer's dreams. Perfect sale for the seller for the sellers. Perfect purchase for the buyers now is tainted. Now I gotta tell you this. <laughs> it's not always this way. Sometimes people people meet, and I've had I've absolutely had this happen. Seller and buyer meet, and they actually work things out better than what I could have ever imagined. And, and that is out of sheer luck. But it can happen, and I've had it happen, where seller and buyer meet, and they actually work out some terms. They work out some things that may have been very difficult negotiations, but ended up being worked out. So it can go the other way. It just doesn't often go that way. I'd love to hear from you in the comments. What's going on with your difficult negotiations, and how many of them have come up? Because of a conversation that came out of the seller and the buyer getting together, either through social media, visiting the home, friend of a friend, associations, all of a sudden there is information or TMI being passed back and forth, and people begin to interpret under their own lens what this information actually means. What is And it's an interpretation. It's often not reality. It's an interpretation. But until they get someone else that can reinterpret this, they will have their own spin on it because that's how we do as humans. We have our own spin. That's how we work. Okay, let me tell you. Getting clients, difficult. We get leads in, we turn them into clients, we start making offers if it's a buyer, if, if it's a seller, we start listing their home, and we have that relationship. We build that relationship because it is powerful to build the relationship. And you wanna make sure you are in front on the relationship piece, ensuring that you have a future connection on the relationship. It's not over just because you make an offer and get it accepted. That is the beginning of the relationship on the buyer side. You're looking for a referral process. On the seller side, you get an offer in, you accept it for the seller. That's not the end of that either. It's the beginning of that process as well, because maybe, just maybe, you're getting to sell their house and helping them buy another house. Or maybe you're going to get a referral to their friends, family, associates, colleagues. It goes on and on. That is the best referral. That is the best you can ever do for a client. The hardest client is an unknown lead you know nothing about. They came to you, you know nothing about them. However, that is the most of all of our business, or is the unknown, at first it is, is the unknown person. We show you in our course, Kickstarter, how to get leads and transfer them into becoming clients with offers on the table, or with sales of their home, 
in a contract right there signed for you. This is what we train. We have coaching for this, one-on-one coaching. We, you can do this. Don't sit back and say, well, everybody else can do it. Only the big companies do it. <laughs> that is a laugh because it's not just the big companies doing it. You know, the, the biggest of the companies out there, you know, like the, the Zillows of the world, failed big time at this. They are a failure at the relationship. It didn't work for them because what you have, what you have as a license holder is the ability to have an individual relationship with your clients. And that's what the big boxes out, box stores out there, the huge companies out there can't pull off. They can't pull off you. They can't recreate you. You are special in this industry. You are special in this industry because you can have a relationship with your clients. And that power is something that nobody, no, not even, I can't have the same relationship. I can't do it. The same relationship that I would have would not be the same relationship that you would have with your clients. That's the power of being a realtor. That's the power of this industry and the power of this career is your ability to connect to the people. I believe in you. You can do this. You absolutely can do this. What we need to do together is make sure your skills have a year 22 stamp on it a year 22 edge on it, that you have sharpened your skill sets, razor sharp, and you are ready in this industry. Now, of course, we have our Real Estate Daily Show every day where we are helping you promote your business. We are taking apart some of the known problems out there like seller meets buyer. What happens when seller meets buyer? Well, the craziness begins, and it happens a bunch of times. But your ability to stay in front of this and coach people, that will showcase your credibility. That will showcase your knowledge and skills and abilities to stay ahead of it. So you are the interpreter. Not some nebulous, oh, that this, this thing must be horrible then. Now listen to what I've heard. Well, you need to stay ahead of it and show that it's not horrible. This is going to be your home. It's going to be your home with your stamp on it and your family is, is going to love it. If you don't stay ahead of it, then the information can go wild. It becomes that crazy information. You also need to be coaching your people ahead of time to not be posting things in advance on social media because people are looking. I know we laugh about this, but people are looking. They are absolutely looking on social media. And somebody will see it. And you've all heard of this, the six degrees of separation. And in our local areas, it's even closer than six degrees. That's six relationships to knowing almost everybody. In our local areas, it's three or four relationships. And you end up knowing almost everybody. Well, if you start posting things 
on social media, someone's going to see it. And it's going to harm your ability to stay in front of the negotiation for your client, whether they are a seller or a buyer. I am your real estate guru. This is Real Estate Daily. Today, we've been talking about the things that can go wrong with when seller meets buyer. And it's a bunch of things, unfortunately, that can go wrong, but we can overcome it and you can build your business bigger than it ever could have been or ever thought of in the year 22. I'll be talking to you tomorrow.